The Her Sports Show, live every Wednesday on YouTube and every podcast app. Hello and welcome to The Her Sports Show, our weekly show bringing you all the latest news and feature interviews from athletes and experts from around the world of women's sport. In this episode, Irish footballing legend Paula Gorham spoke to us after Ireland's fantastic 1-0 victory over Slovakia. In sports news this week, Ireland have secured a spot in the second round of the playoffs for the 2023 Women's World Cup. A fast start to the game suggested that Ireland was going to take an early lead, but it took 36 minutes before Denise O'Sullivan turned sharply in the opponent's penalty area to fire in. Ireland are now in their highest ever ranking position. Kira McGeehan has officially smashed Sonia O'Sullivan's 1500 metre record, bringing Ireland their first victory at the Diamond League meeting in Brussels. The athletic superstar clocked a time of 3 minutes, 56.63 seconds, carving more than 2 seconds off O'Sullivan's previous record, which stood since 1995. In badminton, FZ4's under-19 Irish Open and under-15 Irish Open has officially ended. And Team Ireland celebrates after they took home gold in three events. The impressive Sophia Noble won two gold medals and won the mixed doubles. In the under-15 Irish Open, Nicole Joy was the woman to watch after winning all three events, girls singles, girls doubles and mixed doubles. Serena Williams has officially retired from tennis grand slams after having to make an exit in the third round of the US Open. It was a close game lasting nearly three hours and tensions were at all-time high in Flushing Meadows, but unfortunately Williams has to return home after losing to Isla Tomljanovic in all three sets. The Irish women's rugby seven squad has been announced for the World Cup in South Africa. They will face Brazil in their debut match this Friday afternoon. Leona Maguire has finished with her sixth top 10 finish of the season at the Dana Open in Ohio. Starting the day in fourth with a two under 69 had a finish in a tie for 10th. Nevertheless, a good result for the Irish golfer ahead of the upcoming KPMG Women's Irish Open this September at Dromoland Castle. Last night, we hosted a watch party with Sky to view Ireland's qualifying match against Slovakia. Following Ireland's 1-0 win, we spoke with Irish footballing legend Paula Gorham about Ireland's upcoming World Cup playoffs. For those of you who don't know, Paula is genuinely an Irish legend. She played <laughs> in the... <laughs> Paula played in the very first official Ireland match back in 1973, which you scored a hat-trick in. I did. <laughs> um, first of all, a great place to start is Ireland have qualified for the World Cup playoffs. What's your take on the match there? Um, I thought they were uh, totally in control. It went a wee bit dead in the second half, but um, look, they looked totally all over Slovakia. Like, they didn't look any way hesitant at all at any stage. Uh, one nil, it's a bit dicey, but um, no, I thought they were in control the whole way. A lovely goal by Denise O'Sullivan as Absolutely, well. Absolutely, but she's a stalwart for the Irish team. Actually, I know Katie McCabe gets all the accolades and everything, but Denise O'Sullivan, for me, would be the backbone of the Irish team. That box-to-box midfielder. I'm afraid so. Yeah. 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 I know you were telling me before the game that you had um, gone to the post-match meal with the players before the Finland game, and you yeah. were telling me it was a very tight group. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, I was um, honoured to be invited to Castle Nock Hotel by uh, Vera Powell, uh, myself, and Linda Gorman, who played, also played on the first international team. And uh, just to mingle with the team, they're a very grounded bunch of girls, very much together, mm. and they trust in one another. And you know this, uh, the saying, like, if you trust in the players in front of you, the ones behind you, it leads to nothing but success. You've obviously been a part of the Ireland setup since 1973. For, for you, what, does it, what would it mean for Ireland to qualify for a World Cup? 
Well, I think I'd done an interview for Sky a few months ago, and uh, I said I would go to uh, my death very happy if we qualify. And that's the truth. And we, we, will, we will make it there. I have no doubt about that. No doubt about it. It's obviously a very <clears throat> different qualification process. There's still another game Ireland will play on the 11th of October. Um, how do you think we'll fare in that game, regardless of who we play? Yeah, I think we will, we will do okay. Um, I think all the results uh, with England and I think it was Portugal mm -hmm. and um, was it Belgium, the other team? Yes. They've done us a lot of favours. So if we can get out of the first group of the qualification and get into the second one, yeah, I think we're going to make it the whole way. I truly do. Will you be going to Australia if Absolutely. we do? Sky is going to pay my Or maybe even the horse vote will pay my way. <laughs> I'll ask the boss. Whoever pays the most money, that's the one yeah. I'll go with. <laughs> in terms of the player mentality, I know they've gotten this far and they'll be able to keep level-headed. How do you think they'll go between now and October 11 to keep their feet in the ground? I think uh, because they are so professional, they, they get it very easy to stay focused. Mm. And I think with fear of power behind them. And then you, ha you have to realise, in my day, we didn't only have any financial backings, but they have the main sponsors now with Sky. They have no financial worries. They can just totally focus on what they have to do at club level and then at international level. So th there'll be no issues. And maybe focusing more on that, what would you say is the biggest difference between when you played and now in terms of that coverage and that support? It would have to be professionalism and obviously financial. Hmm. I, you know, I, I, I was in with them and uh, it, just to look at the setup, doctors, nutrition. When, if we fell and broke our leg, you were told to get back up. You mean there was no doctors or there was no uh, physios for us. It's just totally different. The professionalism in it is amazing. It's truly amazing. And um, rewinding back to 1973 when you did make, you did score a hat-trick, how much do you remember from that game? Do you want to be honest truth? Yeah. That's 50 years ago. Yeah. You, re you do realise that, don't you? <laughs> Very little. <laughs> um, or how much do you tell people you remember from that game? I tell them a lot of stories. Yeah. And probably none of them the same, yeah. but anyway, sure I am. They all sound good. No, I, uh, I, I, that I can remember, I was only, I think, 17 at the time, so... Um, I remember, I think Wales scored first, and then we equalised, and then they scored, it was 2-1, and then we scored, it was 2-all, and I think I got my final goal from a corner. Okay. From the corner, it went into the net. So that was amazing. Yeah. I, I was reading back, um, as a 15-year-old, I thought this was really cool. You had told one of the newspapers, we have proved that soccer is not just a sport for boys. Can you give us a bit of context into what you meant by that and why you said that? Uh, I feel we were looked down on by the male uh, folk and uh, I just looked at the skills of our Irish team then and truly, like, I watch guys play, I watch men play and if the pass ball, a proper pass, it's amazing. You know, it's, it's out of this world. And it's only natural. Mm -hmm. It was only a natural pass. Whereas when the women do it, they don't really get that kind of praise. But now, since the Euros, women, and especially our own Irish team, they're talked about both with male, female, children. It's amazing the amount of uh, children that are looking up to the Irish ladies team. Absolutely. You know, it's, it can only go forward. And talking about the Euros, I'm sure you saw the full stadiums, people flocking to go to Wembley. How uh, emotional did that make you? Well, I was actually on the broad of my back getting a new hip. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm totally sewn together now at this stage. So, uh, 
Look, the Euro's done wonders for um, ladies' football. There's no question. The standard of ladies' football was unbelievable. I, I have to truly say this from the heart. It was as good as any man's game I've ever watched. You know, that some of the goals were amazing. Some of the passes were unbelievable. Just the standard football in general with the women was, was out of this world, really. Like, everyone's talking about ladies' football mm -hmm. now. We're not talking that much about the men's football, if you noticed. <laughs> <laughs> from, <laughs> from an Ireland perspective, I know you're talking about Denise, and I know it's probably unfair to single out a few players, but who do you think are the real standout players from that team? Uh, they're all good. They're all good. Uh, I have to say, from the back to the middle to the forwards, the forwards, there's something just lacking in the forwards. I, mean, I can't put my finger on it just yet at the moment. I think I would have Denise Sullivan up a little bit further on the pitch. I really would, playing alongside Katie McCabe on the wing. Like the balls were going in there, there were fantastic balls going in there. They were coming out and there was no one to volley them in. Mm -hmm. there was no, they were just going back down the field. So there's a little bit of work still to be done. There's still improvement. There's always a room for improvement in any team. But I think in the forward line is where I'd be improving it. And then from Katie's positioning, I know a lot of people are like, where, where is she best? Left back, left mm -hmm. wing, up front sometimes. Mm -hmm. For you, where do you think she impacts the game the most? Definitely up front on the left wing, 100%. Yeah, 100%. And then moving in for anyone that heads that loose ball out and just volleying it in. Like, I mean, she, she nearly scored there tonight. Yeah. She's a brilliant player. But Denise O'Sullivan is a Trojan of a worker. I don't think she gets half the credit. There, there's something she about those two that. that, while they have that technical ability, they do have that little bit of bite and, you know, they, they want to win, which is really cool to no, see. No, uh, the enthusiasm from them is uh, it's, it's quite something else now, I have to say that. Um, I don't know, I have Denise O'Sullivan really up there. We'll have really to get you uh, a Denise O'Sullivan <laughs> signed jersey at this rate. For, um, I know you competed in a lot of sports growing up as well. For any young girls out there, or young boys as well, what advice would you give them to, you know, that you have to, if, if one day can they, can they make it and play for Ireland or, or, or represent Ireland on the international stage? Well, the first thing I, I, I would say, uh, looking back at my career, for any young person, I, have, I will always put no education number one. No matter where they go or how they get there, they'll always have to have education behind them. So it's, it's imperative that money is put into young people for their schooling while they're away, we'll say, over in England getting coached or mm. if they make it onto an English team. Because that few, them few years in soccer, it's very short. Mm -hmm. So you'll always need something to fall back on, even if it's on their coaching side, or if they want to go abroad to coach or whatever, they still need a bit of education. Mm -hmm. And number two is no smoking. Lads, no drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely drugs is a no-go area. It, you just have to be totally focused on what you want to achieve and to make it to the top. You have a lot of sacrifices mm -hmm. to make and an awful lot of sacrifice as a young person. And you picked on something interesting there. I know a lot of time the focus is always on playing, but from a coaching perspective as well, how important is it to see more females going into coaching? I, I think you'll find even a lot of the Irish players at this moment in time are doing their coaching mm -hmm. um, schedules or whatever, going into uh, getting their coaching badges. And like for them, like when they finish, you have a few going into the media that are very good at talking, but mm -hmm. then there's the girls that don't, but they have all the qualities for coaching. 
So it is vitally important that they fall back on something after their short career. Mm -hmm. As I said, it's only a few years in soccer, and they don't all make it. Like, you Absolutely. know, all the young people that go across the water, a lot of them are sent back. So they have to have something to fall back on. I've, I've got another question for you. Right, from, a, from a perspective of media coverage and that giving that visibility to to show young girls and boys female role models who play sport, are you? somewhat jealous of the girls growing up now to say they actually have the likes of Katie McCabe, Denise O'Sullivan, Kier McGee and other sports. When you were growing up, did you have that? Absolutely not. But I have to say one thing. I am proud that we were the girls we were then because we were the trailblazers mm -hmm. for the team that they have Absolutely. now. You know, there's no question about that. Not just me, me and my other teammates, uh, especially at international level because it was very, very tough for us. Extremely tough. We had to do very demeaning things to play for our country, like making collections at football matches mm -hmm. to get our gear to get on the boat. We had to pay our own way. So it was tough in my day. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I think a lot of us might assume that what we see now is the norm. Like, what were the pitches? I know in the UK, women weren't allowed to play in some of the stadiums because you were banned from playing football, essentially. Yeah, well, they, so were, only, they were only banned because the FA, in, in England, and um, what happened was the ladies' game was so popular in my era, right? There was thousands going to the games over there. Then the men were gone to war mm -hmm. in those days. Then when the men came back, the, the top notches at the FAI, well, not the FAI, the FA in England, mm -hmm. decided, no, soccer's not for ladies. And they put a complete ban on women. They couldn't play on any of the official pitches uh, to get the men back. But look, look, look at the Euros. They had it totally wrong. Absolutely. Totally wrong. I saw a tweet. It was the last time England got England won something in 1966. Women weren't allowed to play football in stadiums. And now, however many years later it is, it's the women winning the Euro. So yeah, that's some like, story. It's an amazing story, actually. And, and truly, like when we look back, they deserve to win them. Absolutely. You know, they're very skillful. They've the right backing. They have plenty of finance backing them and uh, right coaching. And, and they take it very professionally. I remember... Years ago, when I played against England, and women are going to get shocked, I think I was four months pregnant when I played against England. Wow. My son claims his international cap uh, <laughs> yeah. inside me, Carl. But um, I remember that night. We got hammered by them, uh, literally hammered. I think it was 7-1 or 8-1 or something like that. We went back, and like, really, truthfully, none of us drank at that, at that stage, but we were daft. We went mad. You think we were after beating them? <laughs> they all went up the stairs, into bed, you know, they weren't allowed party or, or even mix with us or anything. So the professionalism was in then, mm -hmm. in, their, in their squad, even then. And that's 50 years ago, like. Mm. So you could well imagine what, the, what it's like yeah. now. I've got one more question for you. Okay. What Fire does ahead. it mean to you to wear, to have worn the Irish jersey for your country? <laughs> that's a very emotional thing. No, I'm going to tell you that for nothing. Um, I remember the first time I donned the Irish jersey. And I would I'm sure I was going to say, I was going to sing the national anthem till my heart, you know, nothing would come out. The tears streamed down me. So it's, a, it's an honour to play for your country. It's a very emotional time to play for your country. And it's a very proud moment to play for your country. You know, it's, it, it means the world to you. And even those girls now qualifying, no matter how far we're on to go, it's going to be, it's going to be like a dream come true for them. You know, what, what they have actually dreamt of is actually happening for those girls now. But they deserve it. Absolutely. They truly deserve it. I think I speak for everyone here and everyone in Ireland and all the players as well. Thank you for what you've done, paving the way for 
what we're what we've seen in front of us is history, and you are well, Mohammed. I'm just one uh, one of well, a group absolutely. of fifteen. Uh, absolutely, but I think yeah. you should take some of the credit as well. So thank you for what you've done. You're more than welcome. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Her Sports Show. A reminder that you can catch up on this episode and every episode on our YouTube and social media channels. You can also listen to it as a podcast from every podcast app. Keep involved in the conversation and we'll see you next week. The Her Sports Show, live every Wednesday on YouTube and every podcast app.